You're listening to Parenting Our Future. I'm parenting expert, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in all different areas of your parenting so you can create strong connections with your kids, get all the cooperation you want, and live a life that is full of joy and connection. And by the way, the tools and solutions that you're looking for in your parenting don't just live in each episode of my show. They're also in my free membership site, The Parent Toolbox, where you can access tools created by myself and my brilliant guests that cover everything from helping your kids to sleep, managing meltdowns, reducing overwhelm to getting your kids to listen the first time and so much more. Join The Parent Toolbox so you can download and use the tools that are ready on the site and Each week, a brand new tool is added. And of course, the best part is it's absolutely free to join and to stay in. You can go to www.parent-toolbox.com today. Now, before we get into this episode, I want to share with you another podcast that I think you're going to find really interesting. It's called Didn't I Just Feed You? It's a weekly candid conversation about feeding our families, even for parents who hate to cook. Hosts Stacey Billis and Megan Splawn are two food professionals who get real about feeding kids, tweens, and teens because they're also busy working moms, so they get it. They talk about how to turn things like nachos into a legit family dinner, to the magic of meatballs, to solving the after-school snack problem, even reducing kitchen waste and debt all at once. They chat with guests from Food Network stars to everyday moms who, let's be honest, are the real experts. In fact, Didn't I Just Feed You is a staple on the iTunes Top 100 Food Podcasts and the only food podcast made with parents in mind. Stacey and Megan are on a mission to make cooking easier, more delicious, and maybe even a little bit more fun. Find Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Now, you can also find Stacey and Megan on Instagram and Facebook as at Didn't I Just Feed You. Now let's dive into this next episode of Parenting Our Future. Hello, everybody. It's Robin here. Welcome back to Parenting Our Future. I'm so happy to have you here. And today we're really talking about the working mom and how we can navigate being, you know, in the careers that we love while also raising the family that we love. And I have somebody who's so special, somebody who I've actually known for a really long time, Jen Murta. And she has over two decades of experience spanning both corporate and nonprofit heart-centered leadership and has been really just She's worked for some amazing organizations that are big names here in in Vancouver and in the Lower Mainland, and she's an award-winning and value-based C-suite leader. Jen has successfully led and raised millions for national campaigns on anti-bullying, vulnerable youth, and advanced gender equality through her work with various women's organization. So Jen, thank you for being here. And thank you already for what you've done for women in the workplace. (laughs) I'm thrilled to be here, Robin. I'm a big fan of your podcast and all the conversations that you're advancing uh, with your listeners and really just in the community. 
Yeah, well, and our paths crossed many, many years ago because you were in the nonprofit sector and I was working with McDonald's restaurants in our giving, uh, I still say our, oh my gosh, it's been so long, uh, but still in, you know, I did corporate responsibility and, and, uh, and giving. And so we would work with you with uh, Easter Seals and uh, no, CKNW, Orphans Fund, right? So lots of different, our, our paths have crossed over the years. We know a lot of the same people too. So, um, so it's so great that we get to come back in this arena and talk about this. And as you know, I am passionate about supporting women and parents in the workplace, especially now after the last two years that we've had, because we know how hard parents have been hit. You know, we talk about burnout rates. We talk about the great resignation and the hardest hit in these, in these categories are really the parents who've been working at home and had their kids online schooling as well. So we're adding lunch monitor and playground helper and all that stuff to our list of duties and women moms really bear the brunt of it all. Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. you have this beautiful program called Matern. And so we're going to talk about that. And I also want to bring in some statistics to really, really sort of hammer home why this is so important, the work that you're doing. So first, please introduce us to Matern. Yeah, so Matern is Canada's first comprehensive maternity leave program. It really supports women through that crucial transition and sometimes very challenging transition uh, from their careers to their maternity leave while they're on their maternity leave and then in the return to work. Mm. Uh, So, you know, we're sort of uh, the first uh, organization that has really looked at this because you know, the maternity leave pause is, uh, in, my, in my opinion, for a really long time has been really unaddressed uh, in terms of gender equity because maternity leave and the years surrounding it represent the single largest point in which women off-ramp from organizations. Um, and that's not because all mothers are choosing that they want to stay home full time, uh, even though that's a really res- respectable thing and very hard thing to do. Absolutely. There's lots of reasons why they're leaving their careers. And obviously, the pandemic has really amplified that in the last two years. Um, but systemic change really needs to happen around this period of time. And really, at the end of the day, the research and data shows that women just need more support. They need more support. Absolutely. and. Let's talk about why they need extra support and why we should even look at women. And I want to read, like I said, I've got some research here and I want to be a little bit of a research nerd and tell you what I know, because it's important that we break it down. So Bright Horizons uh, in their fifth annual Modern Family Index said that working women bring skills to the workplace that can actually make them the best leaders. They offer concrete Uh, So the report offers concrete data showing that working moms are the best equipped to bring 21st century leadership skills to the workplace. And so in, in, uh, in the peers who were um, surveyed, it said that 89% said that they, that women bring the best out in employees, that 84% believe that having mothers in leadership roles will make business more successful 65% of those surveys described working moms as better listening than other employees. They're better team players. They're also better at multitasking and time management. So we bring a lot to 
the, to, to, to leadership, to, to the business, uh, uh, to the, uh, to corporate climate as well. Right. So Mm -hmm. that's why we need to invest in these mamas. Yeah. I mean, there's so much research and data on this. There was also really great uh, research study done by um, the female quotient Shelley Zalis on reframing motherhood. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is not a shock, but yet women still come back to the workforce after taking maternity leave. The data shows where their confidence has plummeted um, and they almost are hiding the fact that they're a mother or they feel like they need to prove themselves all over again. These are all sort of anecdotal things that we've heard from a lot of different mothers. And the reality of the fact is you're even more valuable to your employer as a result of becoming a mother and becoming a parent, just, you know, based on all the things that you just listed there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we don't believe that women need to hide that. We don't believe that women need to prove themselves. You know, their value just grew exponentially as a result of becoming a mother to their employer. And that's not something that women need to hide anymore. So you know, let's talk about that for a minute, because the fact remains that workplaces are still really dominated by a culture of men to, for a lot of the cases. And that was my case for sure in my corporate career. Mm. And, um, you know, why is it that we need to, why, why do we have to feel that we have to prove ourselves? Well, I, you know, I, I think it's a narrative for a lot of women uh, that we constantly, and to be honest with you, there's probably a lot of data that shows that um, women have to work a lot harder <laughs> to end up where potentially a man ends up. And then if you look at, um, and those are privileged women, if you look at, you know, indigenous women or women of color, they face even more disproportionate wage gaps and opportunities to advance in the workplace. And so they even have to work four times harder um, to kind of get where uh, other people are. But I have to say, you know, I notice, um, you know, there's a cultural shift happening in the last few years and diversity, equity and inclusion work really are at the forefront of every Mm -hmm. sector. And so there's a lot more awareness and consciousness around um, the old ways. You know, what got us here is not going to get us there and that organizations are really going to need to shift and change in order to attract and retain talent. And obviously with 50% of the population being women and a large percentage of those women deciding to become mothers or becoming mothers, um, you know, your attraction and retainment of those individuals, you know, it's going to maybe look a little bit differently because you're going to need to support them potentially in a different way uh, because... But like you mentioned, by and large, women still holding 75% of domestic and childcare responsibilities. So that's why we're seeing, especially during the pandemic, women leaving organization in droves. If you look at the majority of people that left, you know, organizations in the last two years, the majority have been mothers. They've been disproportionately affected. The motherhood penalty is a pervasive and real thing. And Mm -hmm. so we hope Matern will be really a concrete tool for organizations to advance their DEI strategies and support mothers at the same time. And and we do believe that if women felt more supported by these organizations in that transition to and from maternity leave, that we would see more women deciding to stay. Right. The fact is, according to the Mom Project, 43% of women will leave their careers when home life becomes too complex. 
their mm-hmm. careers. And those are valuable people that we just listed off all the reasons why their own, oh, yeah. you know, colleagues say that they are better in the workplace. And, you know, w- when you talk about what Matern offers, what I love about it is I think that it also keeps the leadership accountable because if they're investing in this program for the, the, the women in their, in their company, then they've got to also make sure that they reinforce those same values when they're talking to them. And I think what women need is flexibility from their leaders. They need open door policies. I don't want to be held back because I'm a mom. And I also want to be able to take my kid to the doctor because that's also part of my reality too, or, you know, maybe pick them up at school or whatever. Right. Well, and I think we need to normalize that (laughs) women are going to have children. And that is, um, you know, that is like, adding people to our population and growing our economy. And so a lot of organizations traditionally have, you know, treated maternity leave like a big pain in the butt. Yeah. They're like, oh, she's going on labor. We don't want to hire her. She just got married and she's probably going to have a baby and then we're going to have to fill the position and all of that sort of stuff. Like women are going to have children. And so organizations need to really step it up in terms of normalizing that we support you through these transition. And we would love for you to come back and keep growing you and investing in you in this organization. Um, you know, like there was a study done in the US last year that showed that we might be moving backwards when it comes to supporting mothers in the workplace. Nearly twice as many U.S. women reported feeling nervous to tell their boss they were pregnant compared to five years ago. So that's a big problem, especially for the over 375,000 women that take maternity leave each year. So that's a lot of women that are being penalized for growing our population and growing our economy. Wow. Well, well, I have a story for you. So, uh, when, so my, my youngest son is going to be turning 14. So that will age the story. Uh, and when I came back, so when I was working with McDonald's, um, I came back from my maternity leave and there were two of us in the department. And uh, so my, my colleague had really just, what they did to cover my mat leave was she took over everything and just had an assistant to help with the, you know, just the, the busy work, right. All the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it worked really well while I was away. And when I came back, they had decided that that's how it was going to run when I got back, that Mm -hmm. I was going to, to be that for her and I said, well, I don't want that. I said, what do you mean? I'm going to have to take notes when she has a meeting. She's my equal. She's my colleague. And I I refused to. I said, no. I said, no, I won't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was shocked because they really wanted, they they said, my boss at the time, you know, well, we're doing this for you (laughs) because because (laughs) you've just had another baby. And, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, nobody asked me if that's what I wanted, you know? Yeah, okay. exactly. Um, and I was very ambitious at the time too. I really wanted to run, you know, the department. Um, incidentally, I did end up running it. <laughs> yeah, no joke. And what you faced right there, Robin, is, is called the maternal wall. And the maternal wall are the stereotypes and biases that people hold against mothers and pregnancy and kind of, you know, that really undermine working mother's ability to advance in the workplace. So they made the assumption that, oh, she's had her second, she's not going to have the capacity, rather than having a conversation with you about, you know, how are you feeling about coming back? 
What are the supports we can put in place for you? Um, you know, or is there anything that might need to change? How are you feeling about advancing your career? You know, making really assumptions about you and, and maternal mm. bias is really pervasive in the workplace. And I have to fully admit like Mia culpa as a woman who was a mother, who was a senior executive in an organization when I was interviewing, I'd be like, oh, you just got married last year. Okay. In my mind thinking, mm. oh, she's going to have a baby probably soon. Maybe I'll hire the other person. So like, and I didn't because I, I recognize <laughs> my bias and done a lot of unconscious bias training, but yeah, those are the little ways that maternal bias shows up. You know, people are assume, they assume instead of asking. And so that's why we work with a lot of organizations as well. We have a workshop that specifically addresses how you as a people leader can help shape the culture in your organization. So those kinds of things don't show up. So even if you don't have a direct, you know, kind of report coming back from maternity leave, you might be in a meeting where someone's like, oh, so-and-so is going on leave. So like, let's take her off that project. You can be like, hey, has anyone asked Robin if she wants to be taken off that project? Exactly. Yeah. You know, like you can call it out as well. So um, yeah, we all, pay, we all play a part in this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I appreciate your honesty because I would have thought that too. I'll be honest. I really would have thought that too. And that is old thinking really truly because, um, because as we know now, Wow. And, and having experienced it, I had never worked harder in my whole uh -huh. life. I came back in 2009 and McDonald's was the, is, was at the time the global sponsor for the Olympics. So right. I went right into working, uh, on our Olympic program and literally had never worked so hard in my life. <laughs> well, and the research shows how efficient mothers are with their time. Cause they can come in and be like laser focused and incredibly efficient and have a lot going on at once and now yeah. and keep it, keep it all running. I became very rude in that. I was like, I don't have time for that conversation. Um, I don't have time to stop and talk to you. I got to go and do this thing. And then I got to leave. Right. So it was, it's very true. You just sort of cut out the BS, right. You just cut out the stuff that doesn't matter. I don't have time to stand at the uh, photocopier and talk to you about nothing. Cause I got to get home and, you know, I got to get my work done and get home. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I and I think a lot of organizations need to move from this like place of um, you know, deficit thinking where it's like, if I don't mm. see you with your bum in that seat for eight hours, then like, you're not kind of doing the amount of work you need to do to more like asset based thinking, which is around, you know, how like the value you contribute in your organization, no matter like, you know, kind of just getting the job done and mm. being successful and having flexibility around that. And to be honest with you, it's not something that just mothers need and want, you know, the, right. the, millenni the millennial partners <laughs> want to be very involved in yeah. the parenting life as well. And, and don't want to be tethered to a desk. They want to be measured on their outputs. So I think, and I, you know, I hope the pandemic has helped move that in a way mm -hmm. because this whole work from home culture happened, but then it's also brought other challenges as well. But I think organizations in order to really like grow and retain talent with a million empty jobs in this country, <laughs> like organizations need to shift their thinking and how we approach um, parents in the workplace as well. Right. Right. Because when you lose an employee because of whatever reason you haven't really, you know, treated them well or, or, or other reasons it's going to cost you in, 
in training, in hiring, right? Uh, and, and that costs companies money. So let's keep the beautiful talent that we have. Let's nurture mm-hmm. them, take care of them, right? So, uh, so I love that idea of that deficit thinking versus uh, what was the opposite of the deficit was- Like uh, asset-based thinking, asset. like looking at your employee based on what they bring to the organization, not just the amount of time they might be in that one chair on those like six hours yeah. of Zoom, Zoom calls. Yeah, no, I love that. And and what you just said about millennials in the workforce uh, and uh, and even um, the next generation, generation, what is the next generation? And Zed. Zed, there it is. Um, so they're, so those are my kids, right? And they're also looking at us working and mm-hmm. how we come home and we complain, how we are stressed out, how mm-hmm. we are like, ignoring them because we still have to get work done. And they're looking at us and saying, I don't want that. I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that. Why should I do that? You know? And I think what the, the great thing about what's happened with the pandemic too, as far as, you know, everybody is concerned, dads and moms is like, why can't I work from home and be home for dinner with my family? You know, why do I need this commute? And my commute, incidentally, when when I was going back and forth, it wasn't even that far. It was at least an hour each way. Right. And that was pretty far. (laughs) Two hours out of my day that I totally and and it's not even that far. It was more traffic than anything. The the highway traffic was horrible. And so, you know, that's you know, non-productive time unless you're on your phone the whole time, but that's also that's, that's not going to work either. That's not safe. So, you know, um, we really need to be aware of that and companies need to start thinking now about the employees that they're going to have in the future. So this has to happen. It has to happen. They don't have any choice if they want to be profitable. And one of the things that I'm so passionate about is, you know, is, and, and your program is so perfect. So helping the mothers when they first become moms. And what I also know is that we need to take care of them beyond that too, because mm-hmm. not uh-huh. until around the age of two, our kids start to really push our buttons and start to get more stressful and harder on us and that sort of thing. So I also believe that if we can offer support to parents as they're on their journey is also extremely important because if you have parents that are coming to work who are tired, who are unfocused, and whether you like it or not, if you're having trouble at home, you're bringing that to work. I don't, you can't leave that behind. You know, if your child is dealing with mental health issues or school, they're not going to school and you don't know, did they go to school? Are they skipping school? You know, like that's going to be on your mind the whole time. So having those kinds of supports and resources are vital for the company to thrive as well. And when you treat families well, that's good for the community. That's good for the economy. That's good for the company's bottom line. And that's good for the world. It's good for everybody. So we look at it that way. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a big big ripple effect. Yeah. I could, and I could go on, but I want to, I want to talk about your, I want to bring it back to your program because Mm -hmm. I want to understand, you know, what mothers get from this program and, Mm -hmm. and what you're teaching them and how, how that all works and, and, and really sort of the biggest headlines that you see that these moms are facing that you're addressing. Yeah. So, I mean, at the core of what my turn is, is support and community. 
And, uh, you know, both Sonia, my co-founder and I, uh, really felt both of those things were lacking in our maternity leaves. And so, uh, the program itself is, um, you know, it's got three components. It's got an online learning module where moms can log in and at their own pace, go through the content. We have over 40 guest expert speakers. You obviously being one of them (laughs) on such a range of, uh, topics from, you know, what to look for in childcare when you're putting your, you know, child in childcare to creating a will or looking at budgeting your finances for potentially 12 months off um, to what does self-care and self-compassion look like in motherhood? What does an equitable partnership plan look like if you are in a partnership in, in, um, on your leave? So it is a very broad range. So there's eight modules and mothers can go at their own pace. Uh, and then we have live coaching calls every month so they can be in community with other women, uh, through those calls, we have like a new members meet and greet where they get to meet some other moms in a more uh, in-depth way. We have a community and connection session where we get really raw and real about, uh, motherhood and what's going on for everybody. And then we bring in a guest expert speaker live every month as well. And they facilitate a conversation on a specific topic that sort of has a broad range around motherhood. There's also a private online community for mothers so that they can connect with other mothers maybe that are in their community Mm -hmm. or crowdsource for questions or support. Love that. Uh, And so, you know, it's really a hybrid model because every, you know, every person learns and absorbs in a different way. And so what we really wanted to do was create community. I mean, when I was on my first maternity leave, it was obviously pre-COVID. My daughter is 12 now, but Mm -hmm. I would go down to like the local gym and go to like the baby days things and like connect with other moms in the community. But if I'm going to be really honest, most of the mothers I connected with Uh, they weren't career minded. They actually, they didn't want to go back to work. It was like out of necessity. Um, They really, really loved being moms. They wanted to be Mm. kind of stay full time, which I was always slightly jealous of because I never felt that way. (laughs) I was like, darn it. I wish I could feel that way. Um, And I connected with those women, but I still felt really isolated because to be honest with you, my experience was so much different. I pined for my career. I like that fulfilled me in a different way. Motherhood fills you in one way, but my career fulfilled me in a, in a different way. And I felt kind of a lot of shame. I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't want to go back to work. Maybe I should want to stay home. What's wrong with me? Mm. And I felt like, and I didn't really have a community of women who also felt that way. But the more I verbalized it, the more other mothers would come forward and be like, yeah, maternity leave has been like tough or I had a, you know, and so we wanted to create a community where a lot of those conversations were normalized for women. You can feel torn. You can be excited about your return and also feeling like, oh my gosh, now I'm only going to see my baby like an hour a day or two hours Mm. a day. What am I going to do? Like that. It's really tough. So, you know, we just, we try and normalize a lot of the experiences because it can be really overwhelming. And the longer the leave, the harder the return. So if you're taking 18 <laughs> months now, and we have a couple of women in our program who've taken 18 months back to back. So they've really like, you know, between the time- get that much time off. 
Sorry to interrupt you. Well, anybody can take 18 months now. I guess you just don't get, yeah. And there are some organizations that provide full top up for 18 months. This feels like a very viable, um, which is great, but the longer the leave, the harder the return. You're hearing trends of mothers coming back on long-term disability because they are feeling so overwhelmed about coming back to work that they just go on then another leave. So we're like maternity is really about women feeling empowered about their return. And so, and there's a lot of things you can do from a confidence perspective. And it's like, we don't want it to be another full-time job. Like you're on leave, right? Like it's also really busy when you're on maternity leave. Um, and so we've taken all of that into account. So women can really go at their own pace. And if you just want to participate in the calls and just show up for the calls, like you don't need to do anything else. If you really love the workbooks and listening to all of the resources that we have, then do that. Uh, so we're trying to meet mothers where they are. Oh, that's awesome. And I think you also need to give the leadership a little lesson on what maternity leave really is like, because I'm not just sitting around watching uh, TV and, uh, you know, cuddling the baby like it is hard work. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of women get this. Enjoy your year off. Oh, it's going to be so amazing. You're just going to love every minute of it. I mean, I had a colicky baby that screamed four to six hours a day for the first four months, I would have given anything to being able to be back at work for even a day. Like it is not a vacation. It's hard work. And uh, (laughs) we need to kind of change the narrative around that as well. And a lot of women don't know, especially if it's your first time. Uh, It's been interesting because we thought, you know, people joining Matern, we kind of thought, oh, we'll get a lot of new mothers. Well, no, it's about 50-50. We have a woman who's on her fourth leave in our program. And she's like, well, I joined because uh, I would have loved to have this for my other leaves. Um, so it doesn't really matter at what point you are on that maternity journey. I think we can always be learning and growing and support is not something you should say no to when you're on your leave. Yeah. Well, and what I know for sure is that people need community. They need Mm -hmm. community Mm -hmm. and knowing that you're not alone in saying, actually, this is really hard. I'm desperate to go back to work. I think just being able to be honest about that and for other people to say, yeah, me too there is power in that. And I see that in the group coaching I do anytime I do, you know, have a bunch of women together and we're talking about this, just that alone is a huge weight off your shoulder. And the thing about maternity leave is it's so isolating too. You know, if you haven't been sleeping and your baby hasn't been, well, you have to tell everybody to stay away, you know, and maybe it's just you and your partner with the baby. And it's just, it is, it can be really hard. I was always scared of the nighttime personally, because my baby didn't sleep. He didn't sleep. And I, I'll tell you what, I was so excited to go back to work. I, I still remember that drive to work. I was like as happy as I could be, my, you know, like, and I felt like, but a part of me felt terrible, but yeah. most of me felt really excited. <laughs> and I do also think that staying home with your kids is the, can be the harder choice because, you know, <laughs> and yeah. And, and one last thing, when you say, uh, you know, that you don't know what it's going to be like. I really legitimately thought I would be like mother earth when I had my son. <laughs> I thought I would be like, Oh no, I will. I will care for all of the children of the world <laughs> I love it so much. And I was like, 
I cannot wait to get out of here. This kid is driving me crazy. <laughs> I think the highlight of my day was going through the Starbucks drive-thru and getting like an oat fudge bar. That was literally the highlight of my day when I was breastfeeding. I was like, I can eat whatever I want. While my daughter was like screaming in the backseat, me yelling over like the, what oat fudge bar? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah. it, it's, yeah. it, but however, it's also joyful and beautiful. And like, there's all these incredible moments as well. It's not all doom and gloom. And we definitely don't want to like, you know, paint that picture, but uh, we need community. You're right. You cannot become yourself by yourself. You need people and support mm-hmm. to help you along the way. And so that's what we facilitate. <laughs> I love that. You cannot become yourself by yourself. It's not my quote, but I I think it's an important one. And I've learned that certainly in my own growth, right? Which is why I work with a coach. I've worked with a therapist. I've worked with all the people to help me become more of me and strip away the parts that just, I don't want them around anymore. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think it's really important to say that, and look, this is something I say all the time. So if you've listened to my show before, you know what I, you, you may know what I'm about to say that motherhood is the, or parenting, parenthood is the most important job that we do. Mm-hmm. Of course, I believe that. And it's the only job we do without any training, without any education. And we need to know some things about it. So it's okay to say, I need help. It's okay to say, you know what? I, I don't know what to do. And put my hand up and say, how come this is happening? Is this normal? Is this right? And learning a little bit and investing in a coach, investing in a program like, like yours is something that will only make you better, you know, Mm -hmm. and really help you feel a sense of belonging. And, and let's be honest, that is a core human need. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. So I love what you're doing. And, um, one of the things that you have for us, for our listeners in the parent toolbox is a maternity transition plan. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, it's a maternity leave transition plan. So if you are expecting a child, whether you're a birthing or a non-birthing mother, uh, this is a plan that will sort of help you with your transition to maternity leave and then your return. And it includes sort of top tips. Uh, There's a template that you can sit down with your supervisor and go through specifically, Mm. you know, what projects, uh, you know, will need to be handled while you're off, uh, what gaps you might foresee. Then it gives you some prompts around what you might want to ask for. Uh, So a lot of organizations traditionally have taken away your mobile phone or your laptop or all this, but a lot of that also cuts you off from a communication perspective. So we guide you through Here's some questions you might want to ask. Here's some requests you might consider making dependent Mm. upon your own desires and needs. Cause a lot of women feel like, well, I don't want to talk to work at all for six months or a year or 18 months. And that's totally fine. It's up to you. But some women might say, you know what, if there's some big organizational changes, if there's like a staff event, if there's any changes in my department, I'd love to know about it. Or maybe I could join the quarterly call. Like you get to ask for what you might like. And then that's a negotiation. That's a point of discussion around 
you know, are you allowed to keep your laptop? You know, we were speaking to Mm. one organization the other day that instituted a policy around women being able to keep their email open if they want to. So they have an out of office on, but they're still able to access it. So they can still see if they want to, hey, what's going on in the company. So they don't feel so disconnected when they return, especially if it's a longer leave. So that's sort of what the transition plan helps with. Um, They're all the questions and all the things I wish I would have thought about on my first leave. (laughs) I never even thought about that at all. I love that. It's wow. What help? What that, that is incredible. Thank you. Well, and you get to request things too. Like, you know, you're, if you're putting your child in daycare, when you're returning from work, there'll probably be a gradual re-entry. You know, some organizations offer a gradual re-entry for you as well, but you don't know unless you ask. And some women are really afraid to ask for anything, but like the worst your organization is, can say is like, no, we don't offer that. And then you do a workaround, you know, mm-hmm. it's, but you should be able to ask for some of those things. So yeah, we want women to feel empowered. So we think love this it. will help do that. <laughs> so you need to square your shoulders. You need to have that piece of paper that you're providing us and you can go to your boss with full confidence, knowing how much more valuable you are just because you're a mom. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I, this feeling of like this glorious, never feeling confidence for women, I don't really think is super accurate. I think we all feel an immense amount of self-doubt. It's just a matter of not letting it um, get in the way of what you want or you want to ask for. We can let it be there and just not let us not let it block us. Cause I, I kind of feel, you know, I think we all feel a certain degree of self-doubt, especially when we're stretching outside of our comfort zones. And so we're maybe not going to feel confident about it. I think we can normalize that, but still take the step, you know? Yeah. But yeah. what you're providing is a framework that will allow, I see that allowing women to feel more confident. Like I know totally. what to ask, yeah. I know what to say and knowledge is really power. So I, it is. I do think, you know, when I think of my old boss and I think of having, you know, having had a conversation like that, I would have felt much better knowing mm-hmm. that I got this support. So, so you're right. I mean, I think we all do feel self-doubt. You're absolutely right. But this is empowering and that's what I like about this. So, yeah. uh, so I think that's really great. So I just want to thank you for the program that you have. And, you know, I want to, I want to say that, you know, as two Canadians, we are talking uh, about this program in Canada, but, th- but this is not, um, this is not specific to Canadian women and, uh, and your program will, will evolve and change for, um, as you grow into other countries and regions. Yeah. Well, the, the experience of motherhood is universal. You know, Mm -hmm. I know I've been in other countries and I've seen a mother struggling with her child and I've just looked at her and been like, I know you're doing the best Mm -hmm. job you can, right? Like there's this unspoken kind of language amongst mothers that we kind of understand. There's obviously cultural nuances depending upon what country you're in, but the return program, there's nothing specifically Canadian, even though it is more geared towards women taking longer leaves, Uh, obviously a much different scenario in the United States. Um, But we will, you know, if, if, if people are listening, mothers from other countries, um, there's nothing specifically Canadian. We don't get into the ins and outs of like the EI process in Canada or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, This, you know, the program we do see moving it globally. We're, we're working on a French version for, uh, for Canada 
And, uh, you know, we have hopes to move to the U.S. as well. That's fantastic. I love it. Empowering women everywhere. I love it so much. Thank you. Thanks, for the Robin. Work that you're doing. Uh, I, you know, I don't think this is going to be the last time we talk. I think that this is a conversation that we need to have on a regular basis to support moms and uh, to really remind companies that there is value and we're good for the bottom line. So, you know, don't, don't count us out. So hundred <laughs> percent. And if there's any listeners that think that the organizations they work for might support it or sponsor it, uh, you know, please get in touch. I'm at, you know, you can find us at Matern Canada on Instagram, or I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, we have a short presentation. We've met with a lot of different companies in the last uh, couple of months. We have some really big organ- global organizations that are now offering it as a benefit within their own organization. So happy to get in touch with anyone regarding that too. That's great. And I'm going to put all of your information on uh, the show notes. So it'll be easy to get in touch with Jen. And if not, you just reach out to me and I'll, I'll pass you on to Jen. So uh, thanks so much for everything that you shared today. We are all better for it. Thanks, Robin. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.